Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Crunch Time Podcast. So I kind of feel like I'm repeating myself here, but there's been another surprise in the World Series. After losing the first two at home, the Astros go on the road and take three in Nationals Park in D.C. They're now winning the series 3-2, and really the offense has come alive, and the defense and the pitching has been great. They've won the games. They've held, they've held the Nationals to one run in each of the games and scored eight and seven in the last two. Um, Murrow, what are your thoughts before you say I told you so because you kind of called this? Well, clearly we saw the Astros come back because of two things. One, we saw Zach Greinke and uh, maybe even a bigger performance, a better performance. Jose Urquidy came out and pitched their butts off. And, you know, they didn't. neither of them went super deep, but they gave you exactly what you needed. They gave you uh, five and six innings respectively. Uh, like each one run baseball, I believe, or Jose uh, Arquiti didn't give up a run, but Granky did. And that's exactly what you needed. But the bigger takeaway from the last three games has been the offense, which has absolutely exploded. You've seen Jordan uh, got super hot in the big home run last night. The Springer's gotten on a lot. He's been walking. Of course, Jose always there. And Michael Brantley, I think, will be the MVP of this postseason. I think the Astros going back to uh, playing tomorrow here in Houston, they're going to take this game because JV is going to come out and dominate and the offense is going to get going. I will say that this is why the Astros are so good because even when their top two haven't been good, their their bottom two are still better than most of baseball. And that's why the Astros are World Series champions, are going to be World Series champions. I don't think it's a surprise to anyone, but whatever comes out of Rodrigo's mouth has not been very correct, especially with the Astros coming back, upsetting the Nationals at their own home field. I'd like to say, Murrow, I know you didn't do it intentionally, but you completely forgot about Alex Bregman. I mean, he hit a grand slam, for God's sake. Of course. And also, that game, he did go three for five with five RBIs. That's pretty good. But four pretty of them good. came from, a, or three of them came from a grand slam. Three. Four, four, four of them okay, came four, from a grand sorry. slam. Rachel, it could them. be in the conversation of Jose Arquidi being the World Series MVP. I don't think so. I the, think to be World Series MVP as a pitcher, you have to pitch multiple times. I yeah. think if this goes to Game 7 and we bring in Arquidi and he throws some shutdown innings, he could be the World Series MVP. But also, I think you see Jordan Alvarez coming into his own in the World Series. He has been 6 for 11 with a home run and five singles. Those singles have been, like, just rocketed straight through the ship. You can shift them all you want. You still can't get them out. Speaking of Jordan Alvarez, we'll see him in Game 6 and, 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 and if necessary, Game 7, being that we're back at the Astros Park where they will be utilizing the DH. So that's where Jordan, Jordan Alvarez really shines. And I think while the Astros are pretty hot right now and have a good shot to take Game 6, especially with JV on the mound, the Nationals are still a really good ball part or ball team, and they've been absolutely on fire these past few months and throughout the postseason up until the World Series. They shocked a bunch of people, and a lot of people even counted them out to get here, and they still got here, and they won the first two games. So they're going to come hard, and they do not want to lose in Game 6. And if they win Game 6, Game 7 is going to be pretty interesting. And uh, I think Game 7... I think the Astros take it in seven. I think the Nats win game six, though. I'd like to say, though, to everyone who was talking about the Astros earlier, don't forget there's still a chance for the Nats to come back and win. And I, I must admit, I was wrong. I didn't really think that the Nationals had a chance, but I think another person you have to give a lot of credit is A.J. Hinch. 
He has done a great job over over these, especially these three games. And I look at last night, inserting Jordan Alvarez into the lineup at left field. While he may not be the, a very good fielder, his batting really helped. Obviously, that two-run home run. He was also on base when I believe Correa hit the other two-run home run. I mean, AJ Hinch. You you really see that he. He's he proves he's proved this World Series that he is one of the better managers in the MLB. And I think although the Nats are definitely in a bad position, if they can win game six, which I mean, they still have Strasburg. They still, as Jonas said, have a very good team. I think they're going to have a really good chance to win game seven. So I think game six is going to be the key tomorrow night. Justin Verlander versus Steven Strasburg. I think whoever wins that game will end up winning the series. And I think the home run by Springer at the end of the game may have seemed unnecessary, but seeing as they had the Astros had Osuna warming up in the bullpen, that home run gave the Astros the flexibility to not pitch Osuna and to give the Astros, especially the Nationals hitters, they would get a chance to see and take a look at Osuna before game six and if possible a game seven. Whereas now it's going to be a new fresh look after a couple days without seeing Osuna, and I think he has a much better chance to shut them down. And then also, I do believe that it was very smart for the Astros to use Grinky in the Nationals Park, coming from the Diamondbacks, which were a team where he would hit rake, where Silver Slugger rake. I do think Grinky can rake, and I think saving Osuna and Will Harris who have been your two best relievers in the postseason so far, really do speak to A.J. Hinch's brilliance. Also, you really can't count the Nationals out of this. They still have Scherzer if he gets his, if he gets away from those um, spasm, muscle spasms, and Strasburg. J.V. has never won. He's 0-5 in postseason decisions. He has not been his – or in not in World Series decisions. He has not been a historically good World Series pitcher. So I think if JV really needs to bring it tonight, and if he doesn't, I'm not sure I give Game 7 advantage to. But tonight, the Astros have to win. It is as much a must-win for the Astros as it is for the Nationals. I think the keys to Game 6 for the Astros, JV, he's not been how good he is over his whole career in the World Series, obviously, as Jack said. But I think Jordan Alvarez – needs to be hitting. He wasn't hitting that great in the first two games at home. And then the back of the lineup, they did not hit well in game one or two, but then in game three, four, and five, they were raking. And I think we need really need some pop out of the catcher spot. That's some of the reasons that we've been winning. Uh, Carinos with two home runs and it's two games in the NL. And then Martin Maldonado with a home run late in game two. So I and think, he did have a very productive day um, on ga- Game 5. He had a very productive, yeah, productive game. productive day, well. got a few singles, good hits. So that's why I think we need some production out of the back end of the lineup. And like, I do think that it was very smart for the Astros. And I think Joe Smith and Presley, both relievers from the Astros, and though, even though they've gone through – even though pitcher, a pitcher like Presley has gone through some rough spots, I think they've stepped up – in the World Series to make it possible to not have to use Roberto Osuna to close out games. I'd like to say before I got it cut off earlier, I think the one or the two reasons why the Astros won is because of their dominant out or their dominant offense off the bat. Like you see in the very beginning of each game, within the first or two innings, they scored at least one run in every game at the National Stadium. 
And also, there was not one point in any of the game, in any game in um, at the Nationals Park, where the Astros were tailing them. Not one point. So, although most people in this room, I'd say, were pretty focused on the Astros, Rodrigo is a football fan through and through, and so would like to tell us about the greatness of Deshaun Watson. Yesterday was an incredible day for Houston Texans fans. Yes, J.J. Watt got hurt. Yes, Laramie Tunzel got hurt, even though he will probably play next week, according to the reports. That game, in my mind, will be forever known as the Deshaun Watson game. The Raiders did not lose to the Texans. The Raiders lost to Deshaun Watson. The Texans should not have won that game. Derek Carr played amazing, three touchdowns. Josh Jacobs had a few plays in there. The Texans' defense, even before J.J. Watt went down with the pec injury, they were not stopping the Raiders, and the only reason they won is Deshaun Watson. Yes, it, it was not Deshaun Watson's greatest game as a pro. He did make a few mistakes. He missed a few throws. We get all that. But in the clutch, when they're, when he's about to get sacked and he gets hit in the eye, the awareness to know where your receiver is going to be and throw a dime. That was one of the most incredible plays I have ever seen. Not just ignoring the talent that Deshaun Watson needed to have to escape that sack and to avoid, and to overcome getting kicked in the eye. But after the game, he said that he couldn't see where he was throwing. He just knew, based on the route concept, he kind of sensed where Darren Fells was going to be, who, by the way, Darren Fells had a great game yesterday. But Deshaun Watson, it takes a special kind of player to know your team well enough to not even see where you're throwing and still deliver an absolutely perfect pass. And then, reportedly, after that, after he went down for a few minutes and came into the next drive to seal the game, he still could not see. But it did not matter because late on, I don't remember, it was second or third down, you need to ice the game. It was probably not the best play call, calling for a pass on that play. But nevertheless, Deshaun Watson having the awareness to not run out of bounds, to not try to force something down the field, but to instead throw it to Darren Fells, who once again had an incredible day. Deshaun played absolutely tremendously. The Texans do not have the talent and have too many injuries to be considered a Super Bowl contender and even a playoff team. But the only reason they have any chance of any of those two things is because of our quarterback, Deshaun Watson. I think Can I that ask? is wrong. I think the Texans are a very good team. They have plenty of talent. Even though they've gone down with some injuries, it should not hold them back from making it to the playoffs and even winning the Super Bowl. Well, okay, I will Rodrigo, say okay. that obviously the Texans are talented, especially in the offensive end. They have really good skill positions. But the defense, our defense does not look like a playoff caliber defense whatsoever. I mean, we can get to now not having J.J. is going to hurt our rush a little bit, but I feel like our D-line is fine, especially Whitney Merciless has had a huge season this season, this, this year, and he's been really good. But the real hole is the secondary. And if you watched yesterday's game, it's infuriating sometimes as a Texans fan to watch pressure just about to get there, and then the QB will find the soft spot in the zone because – we're not able to play good man, or we're not disciplined enough, or we don't react quick enough, and our secondary is just not good enough. But as you said, 
Deshaun Watson was the reason why we were able to come back. Okay, Rodrigo, can I ask you, seeing his performance and seeing how well he played, would you say that Deshaun Watson has moved up a spot on your QB list? Yes, I think I was very critical of Deshaun Watson last season, and I said he needs to work on some of the little things in his game, and I think he's definitely done that. And I think there's a serious argument now to be made that would you rather have Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes? And it's not too far of an argument to say Deshaun Watson because let's look at it this way. I would take Deshaun Watson, the leader, the guy in the locker room, over Patrick Mahomes. Deshaun Watson is a guy you want to play for. And uh, yes, Mahomes' talent is insane, but he's also in a situation with Andy Reid, one of the greatest offensive minds in the history of the NFL. He has Tyreek Hill, arguably the most dynamic, one of the most dynamic players in the NFL, the best tight end in the league. And you compare that to Deshaun Watson. Sure, he has DeAndre Hopkins. But outside of that, he really, he has DeAndre Carter and Kiki Kuti made some plays. Will Fuller's never available. But Deshaun Watson carries that team like no other, as opposed to Patrick Mahomes. Matt Moore had a spectacular game yesterday in Sunday Night Football. Not many people were paying attention because obviously the Astros were playing. But even Matt Moore was able to fill into that role and still perform well. I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes is a system quarterback, but I think these last few weeks, seeing Deshaun really take the next step in his development, there's a serious argument to be made whether in the long run you want Mahomes or you want Deshaun. I think there is a very big reason why the team has not looked so good this year, and it is the heart and soul of a football team, the O-line. The (laughs) O-line. Left tackle, Laramie Tunsil, he was hurt for a bit at the end of the game, but it looks like he'll be coming back. But I think one of the biggest contributors on this team, on the O-line, has been Titus Howard at right tackle. He's He was our first-round pick, and he's looked very good this year. And he's been hurt for uh, – he. I think he got hurt during the last game, and he could not play for this game. And I think it said that he'll be out another two more weeks. So I think once we get Titus Howard back and we can go back to the regular starting O-line – I think our team is going to be significantly better. And with Titus Howard at right tackle and Laramie Tunso at left tackle, the Texans had three games in a row. And uh, I think they had no sacks the first game, one sack the second game, and no sacks the third game. So Today, we're going to talk about the MVP for football. Oh, yeah. I think the MVP should be Christian McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook. Christian McCaffrey has led the Panthers to a winning record at the moment, and I believe that without Christian McCaffrey, the Panthers would be nothing, and any team that added Christian McCaffrey that already had a base anywhere else would be Super Bowl contenders. I think Christian McCaffrey can carry a team to the playoffs, maybe even winning a championship. And Dalvin Cook, there are two reasons why he should be the MVP. First reason, Dalvin Cook has carried – and I mean carried the Vikings. When he is not in the game, they do not produce. And when he is on the field, their passing game lights up because the defense has to vote to devote so much pressure and so and all of their per- personnel to cover and to defend the run and screens against Dalvin Cook. 
And I must add that Dalvin Cook is the only player as of now in Madden to earn superstar X-Factors. He is the GOAT. I think this season, not only Dalvin Cook, for some of the reasons that you said, one of the best rushers in the game, brings the defense's attention all over him. There's a reason why the Vikings run out of two tight ends and three tight ends all the time to get the run game going and then get the play-action game going. And also, there's another guy in Louisiana, Michael Thomas. He is the best receiver in the game. He is open all the time, double covered all the time, and he's still open. He's had Teddy Bridgewater throw to him. He's had Drew Brees throw to him. He's had Taysom Hill throw to him. He's had every quarterback that they have throw to him. And he is one of the best wide receivers. He gets doubled all the time. And, I mean, he's just carrying this team. He's one of the best players in the league. You, These are a lot of opinions that you guys are saying. And I get all that. Michael Thomas, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, they're nice offensive player of the year candidates. And you look at the a wide receiver hasn't won the MVP in decades. The last time running back won it, Adrian Peterson was having a much better season than any of these guys. But here are the facts, okay? Russell Wilson is having the best season of any quarterback this league. He, he leads the NFL in touchdown passes with 17. He leads the NFL in total touchdowns. He only has one interception. Leads the NFL in touchdown to interception ratio. And this is considering he is in the middle in terms of attempts. Okay? He is playing lights out. Not to mention he also has the highest pass rating in the NFL. Those are the stats. Statistically, he has been the best quarterback this season. He has also been the most consistent quarterback. Every single game this year, except for one, he has had above a 100 pass rating. And now let's talk about the MVP itself. Most valuable player. Russell Wilson is carrying his team like no other has done before. His leading receiver in his career retired. He has not missed a beat. His left tackle has been out for about half the season. He has not missed a beat. His center just got hurt. He has not missed a beat. His running back is a seventh rounder who has fumbled three times already this season, and it has not mattered. Let's talk about his receivers. I have you on record, Jack, saying that Tyler Lockett is a number two receiver at best. That is his number one receiver currently. DK Metcalf ran a slower three-cone drill than Tom Brady. He cannot turn. Without Russell Wilson... The Seahawks right now would have maximum two wins. Their defense is ranked in the bottom half of the league, and they just let Matt Schaub throw for over 450 yards. Matt Schaub, okay? What a Russell goat. Wilson is absolutely carrying this team. He is finally getting the recognition he deserves, and he should be the MVP. So... Literally, the person who is behind Russell Wilson in every single statistical quarterback category this year is Deshaun Watson. Am I not wrong? Yes, but he's not been as consistent as Russell Wilson. Okay, that that is fair. But most valuable player. Who is the Texans' backup quarterback, Rodrigo? A.J. McCarron. You want to know who the Seahawks' backup quarterback is? Who? Brett Hundley. You want to know what happened? Both solid backups, I would say. Both solid. Both solid backups. 
But I would say that if you took both Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson out and you played backup QB versus backup QB, I think the Seahawks might end up winning that game. I disagree. You, you, I just listed all the players. Who do the Seahawks have outside of Bobby Wagner? That's a superstar. Um, Chris Carson is a significantly better running back than either of the Texans. Running backs. Okay. I'll wait. I have to. She has DeAndre Hopkins. Sean has DeAndre Hopkins. They both have line issues. They both have line issues. They both have subpar running backs. Tyler Lockett is a good receiver. He has impressed me this year. I'd say he. He's not close to D Hop. He is not close to D Hop, but. Who are the other um, Seahawks Fuller. receivers? DK Metcalf. Okay. The fact that you have to ask that question. The fact that you have yeah. to ask that question talks kind about how good Russell Wilson has been this year. I hear you, Deshaun Watson. Another one that's interesting is Aaron Rodgers, but I, he hasn't had the consistency. Right now, he's starting to catch fire, and also his team is stacked on all positions. I mean, yesterday, Aaron Rodgers wasn't the best Aaron on his own team, so that's an argument you can make. But Russell Wilson, I mean, he's having a phenomenal year. I don't know how you couldn't give the MVP to Russell Wilson. I have a very hot take that there is a new sheriff in town for the MVP coming around this year with a 100% field goal extra point percentage. This is coming from our resident kicker, by the way. Justin Tucker. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Crunch Time Podcast. Signing off for now and saying goodbye, I'm Jack Ringgold.